teams have underachieved. Thank you, Dave. I, 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 I have taken a hatchet. Let me say to some <laughs> of these teams. Um, I think we need to have an agreement now. No team other than United can have a U, because I want United to have the lowest grade. Are we agreed on that, or are we convinced that Everton have to have a U too? I've given four teams U's. Okay, take it back. Oh, actually, five. Oh, no. One. Five. Five? Four. four. <laughs> He's not this podcast. I've been quite crying. Okay. Thank you for the music. The song I'm singing. You. Oh, mate, I was no. going to you. You no, I'm not giving Norwich a U. You know the drill, Ross? Every time you. Norwich come to the Prem, they get a U. Even if somehow they stay up, I'm giving them a U just for, to keep it going. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the definition of a U, don't they? I don't know how they've got more points than Derby. Where's Mike Press, then? Did Mike Press and give it? Knowing Mike... Mmm... <laughs> I bet he's given them like a D or an A. Mike is quite wasn't kind. Mike was quite expecting kind. that. Like How do you want to do it? Do you want to go? Do you want to go from first position to last position, or last position to first position? I was going to be. I was going to go from last to top because I feel okay. like if you start cool. at the top. Most people could. I mean, not that they might be turned on, but if they are turned on, they might turn off. Turn it up. Fucking hell. You can tell you've done one podcast in like a month <laughs> because you're coming with the heat. You're talking about turning on the viewers. It's crazy. It's like the Genesis song, da da da, turn it on again. Do you remember that one, Dave? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Genesis, terrible. Awful. Um, much prefer Resurrections. Um, anyway, <sighs> Mike's not here. Oh, no, we'll save it for that. Quite, I don't know quite how to, to start the podcast. Bear with me. All right, let's just do it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In The Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and join me this week, like every week, it's the Walcott Warbler, the feeling super fan. It's Mr. Pod Ross. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and to his right on the computer screen, he is the Mosley Marauder. He is also the world's premier snake charmer. <laughs> Make of that what you will. It's Mr. David Harris. I will. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Look at him. He's back, baby. Enjoy it. Look. Dave was like, Dave was like, how many podcasts can I miss? And then I'll come back on one of like the last three of the season. Um, but yeah, he's here. Dave, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Will. You? Yeah, I'm good, but I've got a question for you, Dave. Yeah. What's one thing you tried once and thought, that's not for me and I never want to do it again? Pickled onions. No, Dave. Really? Because no. yeah, I like pickled onion flavoured crisp, right? Pickled right. onion Monster Munch. And when I was a Monster Munch, and I think I was about 12 or 13 and... Someone offered me pickled onion, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to like this, because I like the crisp. No, horrible. Could never see myself trying it again. Okay, okay. Ross, same question to you. I mean, it doesn't have to be food-related. Uh, I had a ride in a helicopter once, and I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need to hear this. This Sorry. is a great image. <laughs> 
just had a ride in helicopter. I did really enjoy it. Uh, no, hold on. How did you? How did? What was the circumstances for you to come into the helicopter to get on the helicopter? Uh, I was at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, and they were doing helicopter rides, and I had a ride in a helicopter. Simple as that. And uh, yeah, I don't want to do it again. What was it about the the whole experience? Did you not enjoy? It's it's just a weird. It's just a weird feeling. You feel like you're just floating. Um, it's it's weird. I'm telling you, it's, it's an odd experience. Yeah, but you're okay with planes? Uh, yeah, don't mind them. Yeah. I mean, I've I almost don't... been on as many helicopters as planes. In fact, I have been on as many helicopters as planes. I don't like planes. I will say that. I don't really like it. Just the idea that you're in some kind of like metal tube. Like 30,000 whatever feet up, up, I don't know. I don't know numbers. Uh, I mean, there's a plane, a straw, who knows? Um, <laughs> the one thing I tried and then thought I'd never like to do again was be nice to Dave. Um, I love how Will's put this segment in just to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Every week I sit there and I'm like, what's going to be the question I ask him on the podcast? And uh, someone, asked, someone asked me that and I was like, oh. That's good. I'll keep that. Anyway, we've got lots to get to, so we'll uh, we'll stop dicking about. This is our season review. Um, kind of, we grade everyone, we grade everything, um, and we sort of go from there, sort of reflect back on the season as we do. Um, and it was a great season, so there's lots to do there. Before we go any further, though, I'm sure you'll be wondering where Mike is, and I'm sure you'll have all seen the news. Mike is not blinded by snakes it's not happened to him what he is blinded by is love for endubs because of course after last week's podcast they announced that they were coming back for the first time in many years and mike breslin has not only bought one ticket he's bought all the tickets it's just going to be him dappy talisa and who's the third one phaser <laughs> no it is not how, right how many do you reckon any of his friends have ever called him phaser quest <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, but yeah, that's that's where Mike is. Um, we're gonna we're gonna. Um, oh, that was. Oh, I'm gonna say this is a terrible joke. We're gonna make like Drake and start with the bomb. Um, right, Norwich. Um, who wants to tell me what they've given Norwich? Uh, a a you. Like okay. Every time. A you from me too. Okay, Mike has given them an Mike has given them an E because I asked Mike for all these uh, things. Mike said even worse than their previous efforts. Stunning how they can be comfortably the best in the championship and comfortably the worst in the Prem. Change needed! Exclamation mark or question mark? Sorry, and he's given them an E though. He didn't quite think them worthy of a year. I'm not sure so. how he said that. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're not a year. Yeah. Um. So prior to the season, um, we had them. In the in and around prediction, it'll come to you as no shock as 20. So, uh, this is kind of exactly what we expected. But, Dave, is the manner of it what's really disappointed you? Yeah, I mean, to score 23 goals in 38 games, that is abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. They conceded 84 goals. I mean, what? I mean, they did manage a couple of wins, five in fact, but they, they would. It felt even like two months into the season that they were already relegated, and 
Yeah, just a waste of time, weren't they, to be honest? A total waste of time. Yeah. Well, because one, th- one of the reasons me and Mike were a bit less harsh on them last year when we, well, last time they got relegated and we did this, um, was just this idea that they were building to something and the next time they came up, they'd give it an even better, they'd give it a better crack. And I don't know if the points tallies reflect that, reflect what I'm about to say, but it feels to me like they've done worse this time. And I think partly that, that is, You've come back to the top flight, and it became really apparent really quickly that Daniel Fark has not cut up, for, cut out for this level. The way the man doesn't know how to organise a midfield, um, so it's, it's a bit of a shame for Norwich because they've now gone back down again. And are they going to? Do you reckon they'll come back up straight away? I I don't know. I mean, another thing for me here is they actually. I think while we could be quite. Uh, forgiving of them last time they didn't really spend any money but this season they spent a lot of money for Norwich I mean they bought Rashika and Josh Sargent for oh, a combined what like 15 to 20 million which frankly is huge money for Norwich and neither of them delivered I think Sargent scored, scored maybe a couple of goals I don't recall Rashika scoring more than one I mean yeah, it wasn't pretty, was it, to be honest? I mean, uh, it just none of the signings feel like they massively came off. I mean, they got... I think we spoke at the start of the season that they might be better because obviously they got players like Brendan Williams, Billy Gilmore, Kabak, who, to be fair to him, didn't look awful at Liverpool. I mean, he definitely didn't look a Liverpool-quality player, but he didn't look awful. No, uh, agreed. And, yeah... It, I think even that Malou from Nice had Nice Malou. Yeah, he'd been pretty good in uh, League Gun for, I think, Nice before. So, I mean, even he was, you know, Norwich actually signing promising players that someone else could possibly have wanted, which even that's usually unprecedented for them when they got Stan Byram last time. Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, that I think that makes it even worse for them. They've clearly actually spent some money I'd really try to stay in the league as far as they're concerned. And I feel like you say, well, it does feel like they've gone backwards from last time they're in the league. At least, at least last time they had Cantwell and Buendia and, uh, obviously Pukki. I mean, he played well again this season as, as well as he could. He got what, 11 or 12 of their 23 goals. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they, they were a bit exciting last time because, you know, they didn't really throw much at it and they were sort of, you know, everyone was sort of a little bit because they were just sort of giving it a go. But when they actually put this sort of investment in, which I think they spent forty million in the summer, roughly, which yeah, is huge money for them. Yeah, and, yeah. You, yeah, you are right. It's a lot. It, it was they did actually spend this time, which is a key difference. But um, Ross, we thought that Norwich were going to go down. We thought they'd be twenty. It's they've proven right. So, given that they've lived up to all of our expectations and our expectations were for them to be shit does EU which is a catastrophic failure feel a bit harsh here I get what you're saying if we expected them to do this and they've done it but it's just like when they were up before remember that first game they played against Liverpool you know where they were they were at least scoring goals I mean they've just been woeful putting the ball in the back of the net this year and that any excitement that was in their play the time before, it feels like they've gone backwards, which is why I'm giving them a worse grade. Because 
they're playing worse, I feel like, having spent more. Uh, mm. And they've just been so bad. Like, their, their last game against Spurs, some of that defending. Shocking, wasn't it? Like, Absolutely shocking. 61 goal difference. I mean... It's got to be a you. That's tough. They they are the comfortably the worst team I think I've seen since Huddersfield. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, might be a bit harsh with Huddersfield. Right, let's move on to another one of these serial yo-yo clubs. Um, Dave, what have you given Watford and why? Uh, I think I've given them a naff. I don't, okay. I don't feel as hard. I mean, the thing is, the thing is with Watford is, I mean, like. Maybe I'm being too nice, but I felt they were at least at times fairly entertaining and they were giving games to go. I mean, I think my reason for giving Norwich a few is, let's be honest, pretty much every game this season, before Three points. Was kicked, you knew Norwich were losing. Watford have turned up. I mean, Dennis was a smart signing. King up top. Beat uh, United. Yeah, I mean, they had... That's yeah, not they, much, but... They had been, <laughs> but, like, they were decent enough going forward that... Well, Pedro as well, and uh, what? Oh, Cucho, Cucho was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. were they were fairly exciting. I mean, obviously, you look at the personnel they have in midfield and defence, and you immediately see problems. But at least they were able to give teams a go. They got a couple of decent results. Yes, admittedly, again, they spent a fair amount of money, but they always do that. And yeah, unfortunately, it didn't come off. But I feel with Watford, they lost games actually going for it, and they were in games, whereas. Like I say, Norwich didn't really feel competitive even from the first first day. So maybe I'm being nice because they. You've given them an F, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but I. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not pretend we're being really nice. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll give them an F because I don't think they're quite as bad as Norwich. Um, Ross, what are you? What would you give them? I mean, I'd given them a U as well. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> go on, go on. I mean, you just said how bad Norwich were defensively. Uh-huh. Watford have also conceded 77 goals. I mean, and no one lost more than Watford, 27 losses. The goal difference of 43. They only finished one point above Norwich, who've just said are one of the worst teams in recent history. And they've got a squad value, which you'd think is higher than. Uh, Norwich is more money put into the squad, I should say. Yeah, um, I I have them as an F, so I think they're an F. That's fine. Um, um, just simply because I don't think right. So obviously, for in the in and around prediction, preseason prediction was nineteenth. I thought Watford were going to be shit, and I thought they were going to be shitter than they actually ended up being. Although. Like you say, the points tally is not good. The only reason they're an F is because, like Dave says, they gave it a go. Even if it didn't work out that they were any good, it felt like they were still a relatively like fine team, if you know what I mean. Like Norwich, to me, felt like they felt gone since like September. I could have seen a scenario where Watford got out of it, just based on the fact that Dennis had that. Dennis could have put together some form, or Saar could have put together some form. And I don't really know how to grade them, because I do feel that the fact that they constantly come up and sack their manager, and that seems to have stopped paying off for them, should factor into their grade a bit. But I can't give them a U, because there are a couple of 
serial underperformers this year that have to be given to you. And I just think a you should mean more as it will become clearer later. Like, if we're grading in the context of everyone else, I just think that they're probably an S as opposed to a U. But Mike Breslin has given them a D. What? And I uh... wish he was here to defend this. So here's what he said. Another failed Brem season in it. As- and in general, home with a whimper. Couple of results to cherish, beating United and Arsenal, I think, but little else to shout about. But he had them as a D. So there you are. Did we lose um, to Watford? Well, I couldn't remember if he lost to Watford. I know we didn't lose to Watford. Um, and crucially, we'll always thank them for beating uh, Liverpool in that season, though. Um, let's move on. 18th, Burnley. Dave, take your moment. Basking right. glory. Now, this is this is going to maybe come as a shock. I don't know how you guys grade them. I'm only giving them an E here, right? And the reason is... An E? An E. And the okay. reason is, even though they've been relegated, is because, like, I, I admittedly said on this podcast, like, two years ago, uh, that they, it would happen. But anyone looking at this squad, it was getting to a point every season where Dice's challenge was getting harder and harder and harder. It was like a war of attrition with an ageing squad. I mean, it was going to fail at some point. And unfortunately, and fair play, they still took teams to the leads the last day. I mean, they didn't go out. They still went out fighting, which was sort of in Burnley fashion, I guess. But, I've, you know, I've, like I said, I've, I thought they were running out of steam for a while. They finally have run out of steam. I mean, Dyche, obviously, I, I'm not sure I should have sat him, but at the end of the day, he wasn't really getting results either. I just think it's an E, because I, even though they've been relegated, it sort of felt that this, even at the start of this season, with the lack of real investment, yes, he signed Cornet, who's a good player, but there wasn't massive overhaul of the squad, which meant he's still playing like Aaron Lennon, like uh, Eric Peters, players like that in the Premier League. I mean... I think the writing was on the wall, really. And if he'd kept them up this year, or if Mike Jackson kept them up, I think they'd just go down next year. So I'm going to give them an E, because it's below par, but it's not a devastating shock. So, Burnley are always the hard, one of the hardest ones to grade, because every time Dyche kept them up, based on what they were, we used to give him an A. Yeah. And I do. I hear. I hear exactly what you're saying, Dave, about them being just a shocking squad. They really are a shocking squad. I mean, um, sorry, Will, to butt in. You could yeah, argue well. that this squad, being as bad as it is, for them to actually fight to the end, you could maybe give them a C or a D just for the fact well, that they even went that far. You could say that this, they were above their means, getting 35 points. The squad's that bad. This is the thing. Me and Mike have both given this, given them a C. But So I just wanted to check in with Ross to see what he gave him before talking a bit about why I think they're more of a C. Uh, I gave him a D. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the players that have played a lot for them. Um, yeah, as you said, Dave, Leonard. I mean, Dwight McNeil scored zero <laughs> goals this season. <laughs> zero goals. And he was supposed to be like a promising young player. I've never really rated him that much. Um, I think it's a D for me over a C. Okay. Because like, I know Veghorst hasn't really worked out for them, but he was a real quality player with a good reputation. I know we've slandered the Bundesliga, but he scored a lot of goals there. A big name for a team like Burnley. 
to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I agree. Like, the man started just to quickly get, just to quickly butt in, I could score goals in front of the Bundesliga. But <laughs> carry on. Uh, no, I get it. I, I do get it. But he was a man with a, a decent reputation. Yeah, uh, no. Especially for Burnley. Agreed. Trying to make, when Agreed. they're playing Barnes and Vidra. And Wood. And yeah, was it Wood? They lost uh, Chris Wood. Um, yeah, I mean, and then Corne as well. So it's that it, it's the fact that they actually made, although the squad's garbage this year, they'd actually spent a bit of money, and it's the year it all went wrong that really, yeah, ma- makes it subpar. They hadn't okay. spent so much before. Well, I know Vegas didn't cost it. I don't know. No, I mean you could argue they only spent Vegas because they lost Wood for, and I think Vegas was cheaper than what they received for Wood, so. Yeah, I'm just yeah. They, without spending anything or very little before, they've managed to stay up and having I mean, tried to bring in a bit of quality. I mean, you got like Brownhill and Cork. Like, yeah, yeah, not, no, not good enough. Yeah, um, it, it, I think, I think, I'm happy to go with a D. Um, but not just the squad aspect. The the way the football club's been run this year, the the rumblings that last year that Dyche wanted out and then sort of agreeing that kind of extension to keep him around and it it didn't feel right in the summer and then you've also got all the issues with the finances. It's just it's not for such a well run club uh that's sort of traded on the manager's ability for so many years to end up sacking that manager after didn't go well, feels wrong to me. I mean, for personally, I think in this situation, after all he's done for the club, you should go down with him. Yeah, agreed. Yep. If um, he's, I, feel yeah. With, I feel with a manager in that he's earned the chance, however bad it goes. A bit like um, Wagner at Huddersfield. However yep. bad it goes, he's earned the right to basically go down with his ship. Yeah. I feel with those sort of managers. Agreed. And I, I, think, there's, I think there's an element of... The Sean Dyche Burnley story was always going to end this way. Like it wasn't going to end with Burnley becoming a Northern powerhouse, was it? It was. It was always going to end with a bad season and they get relegated. But it didn't yeah. have to end with a bad season and then they sack him beforehand. So I, I do agree with you that although there's all the context around Burnley and the fact that they're in the Premier League is a, is a miracle in some aspects, I do think they, a D is probably fair for this year. <laughs> The thing that hurt Burnley is they couldn't score. I mean, they only con- they were the tenth conceded most team. Like they were mid table in terms of goals conceded. They actually conceded less than Leicester City and Man United. They just couldn't score. Well, the hardest thing to do in the Premier League is score goals. It's the hardest thing to do in football, so not just the Premier League. So it, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, it's like if they had invested and allowed a team that could actually hold on to the ball a bit and go forward with some creativity, they would have been fine. Because even yeah. though they were off form, their defence actually in the grand scheme of the league still wasn't awful. Mm, agreed. It's, it's just a shame, and um, it's also another really interesting one. The next one and how you how you reflect yeah. the lead season. Because likewise with Leeds, I've no idea what to give them. Um, just to just to clarify the last two as well, and to talk, but to talk Burnley, we had Burnley as finishing fourth as finishing fourteenth pre-season, and our our only real our only reasoning for that was just that we will believe we believe yeah we believe in Dyche and we believe they'll get relegated when they get relegated, and we just think mm. there's a lot of average teams in the league. Um, 
which turned out to be the case, but Burnley sadly were a few more average. Now, we had Leeds 10th. So, we had Leeds 10th. So, by sheer kind of, let's look at what we gave them last time and reflect on that, this should be really disappointing, but it feels like there's a lot of context to go into this. Yeah. Um, Just going to go to you, Ross, because obviously you weren't on that pre-season pod. What were your thoughts going into the season for Leeds? Were you expecting them to build on last season? Uh, Yeah, I mean, finishing ninth last year, Mm -hmm. uh, 59 points. It was a a massive achievement for them, really. Yeah. Um, And it's pretty impossible to judge it, really, because you can't say they wouldn't have pushed on if they'd had their squad fit. Mm-hmm. And Bielsa so would have been there still. And it's a really tough one. So, more than, almost more than any other team, and we will talk about quite a few teams that have been impacted by injuries this season, but Leeds, to me, given the fact that Bamford, who was their top scorer last year, barely played, and Phillips, who's their, one of their best players, barely played, um, re- the context for them is really important in the grade. What did you give them, Ross? I have interest. I gave them a C... Because, okay. I mean, they were shapes to go down going into the last game of the season. But, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I've said it quite a few times now. I mean, it's what can you say when probably, I mean, outside of Rafinha, they're three best players. Yeah. Be- barely played all season. I mean, yeah. take take the three best players out of any team in the league and they're going to struggle. Yeah, so, agreed. I mean, I, I find it difficult to give them like a B. Because they finished in 17th. Yeah, agreed. I think a C is about about right for me. Uh, yeah, Mike's given them a C for everyone following along. It's lots of injuries, give context for a really tough season. He says, I don't think Marsh is the man, but he did keep them up. And not only does Mike not think Marsh is the <laughs> man, <laughs> Mike really does. Mike, and you'd expect this the least. He is, given that Mike is... Has got his own American links. He hates Jesse March with a yeah. passion. He just called, he called him a what was it wobbler? Right he wobbler. said he was sending around the uh, <laughs> the pre the like speech after the game for staying up, and he was just incredulous that this was giving anyone any kind of lift. So uh, Mike's not a Jesse Marsh fan, as we'll probably get on to next season as well. But Dave, for you, what have you given Leeds? Is he? I'm, I'm leaning D. I've given yeah. a D because, right, in context of the season, yes, they had a lot of injuries. And I, I accept that, given the odds, they've done pretty well to stay in the league, even if it was down to the last day. Now, the reason we're going for a D and not a C, they've got rid of a manager who was perfect for them. Yeah. And, and why would you acknowledge the injuries for... Pretty much the whole season that that's why they're underperforming. Everyone could see it. And then one day you're just like, nah, actually, it's Bielsa's fault. I mean, I don't think Marsh is the man. Yes, he kept them up. I mean, to loss a manager like Bielsa, like not being funny, leads, you know, their fans think they're a massive club and stuff. And historically they are. Are they going to get a manager of that calibre in the God knows? No. No. No, they're no. not. He was way above their pay grade in terms of a quality manager. He's gone. And what I will say with Leeds as well, their signings have not been good. Jack Harrison was decent when he was on loan. I mean, yes, he scored yesterday uh, that winning goal, but he wasn't good this season. Dan James was an absolutely just yeah, oh, Dan James rubbish really guy. Didn't pan rubbish. Out. And 
I mean, when you're down to your bare bones and you ended up playing signings that were absolutely rubbish, I mean, that takes it away from being a C for me. Like, didn't recruit well, kept up by really other teams not performing. It isn't Leeds' performance that's kept them up. It's the fact that other teams can... Like, Burnley couldn't pick up points. If Burnley had ground out, like, two wins, which, you know, Burnley are famous for, they would have been down. If only really stayed up. Agreed. Agreed. I I, I get that. But, like, I do agree that, that, I mean, get rid of Bielsa. I mean, we all disagreed. I can't remember if that was before I was, before I joined you guys, but, um, like, pick any team in the league, take away their best defender, their best midfielder, and their only striker. Agreed. But, I think there has to, so, I mean, that's, Quite frankly, Leeds finishing where they finished based on last season is not good, and and you can give them loads of leeway for all the injuries that they missed, which we will do. But at the same time, that you've got to factor into the fact that season's still a disappointment. So, and like Dave says, their transfer business was really disappointing. The Dan James signing really disappointing. Now you could argue, is that is that because he didn't get a chance to show what? Bielsa wanted for him in his system maybe but he's still a disappointing signing and then I just really I really think we have to factor into the fact that the Bielsa sacking isn't your normal sacking it's not like Watford sacking whoever was their manager at the start of the season I can't even remember it's a guy who was ingrained in your football club who's responsible for the modern Leeds revival and he's been sacked and he was sacked at a time of the season where he could have turned it around because there was no guarantee that he wouldn't have won those winnable games and that they wouldn't have been out of this and that we wouldn't be sat here going, well, they've had a they had an injury hit season, they did really well to get out of it and we'll see what they do next year. But does anybody, do, can either of you honestly say to me that you've got any confidence in Leeds to not be in a relegation scrap next year? I think, I think my main thing is that at the end of last season, there was real buzz around the club and I feel even if... Even if they had finished in the same position with Bielsa, there'd be that confidence of we can push on next season. I don't know if they have that feeling. I mean, what I'm expecting, and obviously this isn't really into their grade, but I'm expecting them to lose a couple of those key players. And the whole optimism they had at the end of last season surely gone. The bubble's there. Oh, oh Rafinha's gone. That's it. Rafinha's too good. Low release clause. Yeah, he's too good to be playing. Too good for me playing for Leeds, but I, I, I really do worry for them. I think they could be in real trouble next season, and um, I think that has to factor into their grade. I mean, yeah, the, no, yeah, okay. The fact, the fact that they're they've set themselves the season's gone so badly, it set themselves up for a, a worrying one next season is is difficult, and there has to be. You are right, Ross. There's no way it can be lower than a D just based on what's happened. But I can't put it higher than a C, and I don't think it should be higher than a D. No, I, I can I can back it too. Okay. Okay. Up next. Oh. <laughs> All right. Pre-season we had Everton eleventh. Yeah. And that was back. You know what? I was worried we had them higher than that. I'll be honest. Um, this might be one of the most disappointing. Right. So the, they're oh, spoiler alert. They're in the running for United for the most disappointing season. And yeah. I think they might be the most underperforming team in the league this year. Yeah. Except for the fact they've got 
one of the worst squads that ever costed mm. half a billion pounds I've ever yeah. seen. I, I don't know what I've made. That is the worst squad that cost half a million quid. There's yeah. no way there's a worst. There's no other squad out there. <laughs> Not to chance. Uh, like, we, I don't want to belabor the point. Cause we, I don't want to belabor the point because we've talked about Everton a, a lot, uh, way more than they deserve. But they've just been spanked all over the season. And quite frankly, it's a travesty. They stayed up. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I wanted it to go. Yeah, I wanted them to go. I mean, and and quite, I'm going to say it now, Richarlison. Oh, he's just he's so insufferable, he, isn't he? The fact he's talking to Liverpool, like they, the fact that the fact that Everton play in the same league as Liverpool is wrong. He's <laughs> just wrong. All I'm going to say here, well, if Mike has put anything higher than you, no, I Mike's, put, Mike's I put a you. Mike oh, has yes. put a you. Mike has Thank put a you. God. Mike, I'm not Mike sure we could have allowed him back if he hadn't. Mike said, awful season for a club like Everton. Just about stayed up, but they've been horrendous. Lampard's first summer window and full season in charge should be a good watch. It won't, Mike. <laughs> it won't be a good watch. Who was He'll in be... charge at the start of the season? Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez. Was. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Because well, you remember, they... They, they stormed out the blocks a little bit with Andros Townsend and Damari Gray and everyone's yeah. like, oh, what an unbelievable bit of business. They got no, them for a combined no, three no, million. No, no. And then you realised a bit later on, oh, there's a reason why they got them for a combined three million. There's the yeah. assist and the creative play like just Crystal Palace didn't want Andros Townsend. There's a reason for that. Yeah. It's I shocking, isn't it? Gray. <laughs> he never puts his head up. It's incredible. Yeah, he's in and the Premier League, and he never puts his head up. It's unbelievable. How's <laughs> <laughs> that team ever scored any goals? I've no idea. Jesus, what? He did that. He's finished the season at right wing back. Oh God. <laughs> they're, they're, honestly, I, I can't. Everton have designed on being a European club, and it's 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 at this point. If you if this was a video game, you'd have turned it off and press new game. If you ever said, no, like you really would. Manager, you I turned it off. Throws a console down the road. I think it's a football manager file, but it goes wrong and you just never load it back up. But I don't need. The worst thing is I don't even know where Everton go from here. I don't know. Is the only chance the championship? I mean, but next well, year, yeah, I'd like to say the only way is up, but I'm not sure. Like, cause. I mean, whatever they do with any of these players, they're getting a massive loss on almost all of them. But the thing, like, the thing that sums Everton season up for me is Luca Digne being allowed to go to Aston Villa in January, and you're like, he's their second best player, and they're like, oh, well, second best. He well, he was their second best player at the time. He, he was, and and you look at him and you're going, why have they let him go to Villa? And it's because Rafa Benitez doesn't fancy him. You're like, oh, fair enough, they're back in the manager. And then, like, two weeks later, Rafa's sacked. And you're like, this is just a complete lack of, like, any form of long-term planning. And they are just awful. They're an awfully run football club. Because they're not going to have money, are they? No. No, they're not. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this couldn't be more of you. Yeah. I mean, you haven't... well, but it's, I'm, I'm, it's unanimous. That's what it is. You know, unanimous. I got it. Do you feel that joke from me? Good lord. <laughs> um, next, we're going to move on, lads, because if we stay, here to, we could talk for hours, and it would literally just be us slot going. But they're so shit with no analysis. Um, 
15, Southampton. Oh, who, yeah. was the, who was the, the another re, really weird one? Who was the start of the bidding? I'm going to say uh, here. Here we go. I'm not going to go that low. And the reason is, is because I feel like with Southampton a couple of seasons ago, there was a bit of like a bubble around Ralph uh, Hassan Huttle. Or Uh I probably said that wrong, as usual. Um, But anyway, that was was good. There was a there was like this hype around him that he was actually a good manager. They had some decent, exciting players. And realistically, he's not that good. I would argue that I would argue that maybe this should be his last season. But realistically, something will happen next season, and he'll either look good again or he'll get sacked. But anyway, I can't give them lower than a D because if you look at Southampton's squad, it's not that good. And in fairness to them, I mean Broher on loan from. Chelsea was actually pretty decent. Livramento looks a, a smart pickup, so they have they have Agreed. sort of added some quality. Um, but I mean, their squad's thin. There's yeah. no denying that. I mean, Ward Prowse, it, it's a strange Big one. It's, it's a bit like, it, well, it's the same situation. Adam Lallana was at Southampton for years. I was like, someone has to pick this guy up. He's just too good. But Ward Guys, Prowse is still there. There's a reason why Ward Prowse hasn't been picked up, and it's because when he's playing in open play, he is not quite at the level of a top club. No, I, I know, but the thing is, is that what I'm saying is their squad's not great. But then on the agreed whole, that they didn't ever really look like they could go down, and they still saved up by stayed up by five points. But I'm not going to go any higher than a D, just because. Mm. I don't feel like it's a particularly satisfying season for them. I'd still say that it feels below par. Yeah, so pre-season we had them 17th, and I remember me and Mike talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, me because um, that pod was a weird one, because it was only me and Mike, but you, we had your um, your picks yeah. too. And what me and, I remember me and Mike spending ages talking about how we were worried that they wouldn't score goals. And... Adam, we we pointed to Adam Armstrong being signed. We were like, maybe he's the answer. And it turns out that Broger was the answer, and he only scored six. So I think Hassan Huttle's actually, considering the squad, doing a pretty good job at Southampton. The way he plays, they're going to get slapped some games. Like some yeah. games are going to they're going to look really average, and in some games, like against City, they're going to look pretty good. So the, Mike's got it written down here that they're the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team, and I. I I kind of agree with him. Um, Ross, what have you given them? Uh, I've given them a D as well. Okay, unanimous then. Yeah, I uh, just I, I agree with Dave. Though it kind of feels like fifteenth is bad for them, but I think it's just about. I mean, they conceded sixty-seven goals. Yeah, they're, they're pretty poor defensively. But that was with the bonus of selling uh, Yannick Vestergaard. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I Sorry, I was drinking. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, sometimes you're watching them and you're like, you totally understand how they've lost 9-0 twice and you yeah. worry that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, uh, you say Broger, Broger did, he, he did cool off pretty horribly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a yeah. pretty brief moment. It's um, just when you're playing with the iceberg, to sink the Titanic up front in terms of form, anything that looks lukewarm's okay. I mean, oh yeah, Armstrong didn't look great. Adams was not as good this year. No Ings, obviously. 
But yeah, I mean, I Ings mean, was probably what was far and above where they should be over the last when, couple of years. I mean, when you consider that they lost Danny Ings, who was such a talismanic presence for them, it it does feel like perhaps a D's harsh, but I, I just I just feel like I feel like although they kind of overperformed at the same time, it fit, they just felt so underwhelming. Yeah, that I'm happy to give them a D. Um, up next is Steven Gerrard's Gerrard <laughs> Aston Villa I'm just going to get it out of the way Steven Gerrard slipping up and costing Liverpool another title great great honestly just wonderful the whole week of the whole week of oh maybe Gerrard can find Gerrard can win Liverpool the title speaking as if he'd done it a million times before like, get a grip um, anyway Villa are one of the dullest teams in the league. If you, yeah. haven't watched, if you haven't watched Villa play, they play with no pace and they're thoroughly boring. And what's really interesting is they sacked Dean Smith at the first slight run of bad form, which um, they then got in Gerrard and the form didn't get much better. What they did get was Philippe Coutinho, who, by the way, lads, I don't think they're actually better with Philippe Coutinho playing. No. So... No idea to where to go from this, other than just to once again bring up the fact that you buy Buendir in the summer for forty million, a guy who is of a similar profile in terms of stature to Coutinho, likes likes to play in the same position, has a bit of north south zip. You look much better with him playing. Yet you buy an over the hill Coutinho, who admittedly has had some good moments, but he's not going to be your star for the future like Buendir potentially could be. And you sort of go. This is what we're going to do now. It just feels a bit weird to me, the whole Villa situation. So, Mike's got him as a D. I actually he was, had high hopes for him this season, but I think a D is pretty fair. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with a D. I mean, it's been a strange season. I mean, in terms of recruitment, why on earth they signed Danny Ings? I pre-season, mean, he had him, pre-season, I mean, he had him eight. Good player. Obviously, but how he was ever going to fit in a team with Watkins uh, as well? I oh, mean, Watkins. Wendy uh, <laughs> is generally like a good player, and it seemed like he took a while to settle in. But now Gerard's in this weird predicament. He played both of them yesterday, but he's in this weird predicament where he plays Wendy. He plays well, but uh, it's weird, isn't it? He's probably mates with Coutinho, and he's just signed Coutinho. He's probably on a decent wage. He's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to play him this week, and then he's. Like, Wendy well, had a goal and assist and got dropped for Coutinho. I mean, that's a bit wild to me. And it's, it's, they've got a lot of headaches, and they're not headaches really of healthy competition. It's headaches of, well, we have to totally change how we play well, if we want to get players on the pitch. Leon Bailey hasn't really he's taken He's been on. injured a lot, to be fair. Yeah, yeah Ross, you were going to dive in there. Sorry. No, no, I did. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to word this. Like, I really didn't like Coutinho. Well, not didn't like when he was at Liverpool. I thought I'd be underrated. Me too. Um, bit of a <laughs> long-range goal merchant. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Ross have had this conversation about Coutinho probably hundreds of times, which is why I'm laughing. Like when Barca bought him for all that, you are what on earth And then he's at Barca, and we sort of, I don't know, pretty good right, but... I, I don't, no, no, I don't I've taken signing that. for Villa. I get what you're saying that 
when Deer being a lot younger and spent a lot of money on him, signing another player in the same position. But he does bring... I don't know, I feel like he's got a bit of... I don't want to say X-factor, but he brings a bit of quality to the Villa team that I don't feel like they really have anywhere else. I mean, he's had some good moments, as you said, Will. And yeah. you just feel like sometimes when he's playing, you're going to get something special out of him. I don't always feel like that with Buendia, although I think he's a, a good player. And no. he's fairly misused. No, and I... I do understand what you're saying. I just think in terms of buying, in terms of getting Coutinho and making that decision, it does. It just feels to me that it's name rather than. It feels like it's oh, we've got a Barcelona player who played with Gerard as opposed to we've got a player who we really needed. Yeah, I, what I was going to say when I was sort of interrupting Dave, is that Gerard clearly wanted Coutinho in. Like yeah. he felt pretty strongly about it. So I don't know if it, I get what you're saying about it's a big name signing for Villa, as you say, both for Barcelona. But yeah. Gerard clearly feels like he's got a part to play, and he's right for the squad and the the way he wants to play and what he's building there. Yeah, but the the worry for me with Villa is there's quite a few similarities with the with Everton from a few years ago, in that they're here, they're willing to spend money, um, they're buying the. They bought Coutinho, and you sort of like Everton would have bought Coutinho a few years ago. Everton would have done hammers. that. Yeah, well, no, they'd have just they'd have spent the they'd have spent that money, and then they'd have ended up like that. So you just you just hope that Villa work into some sort of long term plan here. But I mean, they've just announced that they've signed Kamara from the um, Marseille. the uh, from Marseille, sorry, which is given the profile he's supposed to be of a strong midfield strong enforcer in midfield, which Villa have desperately lacked this year. Um, Douglas Luiz has been poor. Um, it shows that they're perhaps moving in the right way and they're still being smart, but I just, the Coutinho thing defines their season. And I just, have, I've seen the Villa play a lot the second half of the season, and I just don't think they've played well at all. At all. And I, no. I'm just really worried that it's all well and good saying that you're going to use a, the Chris, this Christmas tree, tree formation he's using, but they're just, they're so devoid of any pace and anything that well, they Watkins, could. They, all Watkins has got is pace. Well, that's the thing, but they have to, they have to play Watkins because if they play Danny Ings, I mean, anyone in their mind could just go, right, we'll just sit on them in a high line and press them to death because there's nothing in behind. So, well, um, I mean, but you'll let Watkins go behind because he can't finish. <laughs> His dinner. No. <laughs> He's an atrocious finisher. <laughs> All right, so grade-wise, Mike's giving them a D. Dave? Yeah, I'm happy to give them a D. I'll give them a D to uh, Ross. Yeah, D. D. Um, on to hopefully a nicer one here. Brentford, who we had in our preseason predictions 18th, we said we said oh, their entire season's going to hinge on Tony scoring goals. Now, Tony scored quite a few goals, but it doesn't really feel the story of their season, Dave. What have you given uh, them? I'm actually giving them an A. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think they'd be massively above what any optimistic Brampton fan could even have predicted. I think they've been pretty brilliant for a new team. I mean, they definitely had that mid-season dip, but mm-hmm. at the end of the season, they still managed to pick up some... Decent wins. I mean, to be fair, they again, what I'll come back to with newly promoted teams, unlike Norwich and Watford that did spend, yes, they signed uh, 
Is it a Adja the centre back from Celtic for fifteen million? Aye. Well, I just let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, but they didn't actually spend an awful amount of money, considering they were like they could have thrown a lot of money at it. I had doubts that because their squad's quite young on the whole of of how they adapt to the Prem. And fair play, they've they've not only stayed up, they've stayed up comfortably by eleven points. You know, another win or another win or two, they'd have been top ten, possibly ninth. I mean, solid season all round. Tony did live up to what people were hoping he would be in the pram. Uh, I think they've got a lot to shout about. And, yeah, I think they've, again, like we fought with Leeds last year, but I do genuinely think they've got a pretty up, like good platform to build off. And also with Brentford, they actually have a pretty decent-sized squad and they've rotated a fair amount due to injuries. And most of those players have stepped up. So, yeah, I think... I think they've done really, really well. Can't, yeah, can't give them any less than an A. To be honest, it would be unfair to give them less. Just, I mean, I, I, I agree, Dave. An A. They've got some really, played really well. Got a couple of great scabs. And um, what I'm interested with Brentford is, do you think they've changed their style at all to adapt to the Premier League? Because we know that a couple of the other teams perhaps have, and I'm thinking Norwich, and it's sort of pelted them a little bit. They were, they weren't what I expecting, is what I'd say this season. I I think they didn't massively adapt. I think they just were wiser. Like mm-hmm. for example, Norwich. We know their problem is that, like in the Premier, their thing is Norwich. Like won't spend too much time, but basically they have players that like time on the ball. They get that time in the Championship. In the Premier, yeah. League, they're not quick enough. They're not sharp enough. So what Brentford did was they made sure they had a decent sort of spine to the team, decent base. They sat a little bit deeper than they used to in the Championship, but the whole idea was the same. But obviously it gave them the security that if someone did lose the ball, they had their holding midfielders sit back. And maybe one of the wingers, I noticed in some games, if one winger went forward, the other winger would sort of drop into being a right midfielder. So not quite as high up the pitch or vice versa. I think they were just just wiser. They still played to their strengths, which I take my hat off to any newly promoted team trying to play as best they can and not think, how can we play, play best to stop other people's strengths? I think they were wiser, and I think the players stepped up. I mean, uh, is it Jorgensen and, and Norm? Uh, it's Jorgensen, is it, in midfield? Oh, what's his name? Sorry, Alex. I know exactly who you're thinking of. Uh, I can um, picture him, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. it's Norgard, isn't it? Because he's got um, like, yeah, it's Norgard, sorry. the most. I he's got some like, ridiculous thing about. He's got like, some of the most tackles in the league, or something. He's, yeah, he's yeah. played really well. I mean, Brentford. I mean, Ivan Tony's had a good season. I mean, Mbwemo, to be honest. Yeah, I, I've liked Mbwemo for a while because yeah. in the championship, and I feel like he really stepped up the pram. To be fair, mm. the guy who's most underperformed is uh, XG this season. Uh, but really. but he's dang, the thing is with him, Bremo. No, he is. I do. I do like him. A lot of his chance creation is based on him as yeah. much as a product of the team. Yeah. It's kind of like Salah. Like Salah's always going to miss a ton of chances because, but his creation of them and he, the fact that he puts enough of them away means he's always going to be a really good player, and that's what. That's what top goal scorers kind of do now. They're sort of, they're creating. So that sometimes they're going to look really bad and then sometimes they're going to look great. But um, 
how genius was and was the signing of Christian Eriksen? And I know that everyone, you can sort of look at it and you can go to yourself, oh, well, signing a league title winner on a free, that's easy. But it wasn't just as easy as that, was it? I mean, there was a lot of things to do with it. And he really made the difference come the business end of the season. Because you never really feared for Brentford, did you? No. I mean, yeah, you said, Dave, they had a bit of a mid-season lull. I mean, it was signing Eriksen and integrating into the lineup, which really gave him a bump, which, yeah, as you say, well, made you, you never really felt that Brentford were in trouble at any stage, really. Um, and yeah, clearly Eriksen is playing below um, his quality level, but as you said, anyone could have gone out and, anyone in the Premier League could have gone out and signed Eriksen for free. Yeah. No one else wanted to take the chance on him. And, to be fair, Brentford did, and it's clearly, clearly paid off because he's been brilliant for them. Agreed. Um, I've just realised the time. <laughs> yeah, I've just seen it too. We've got to like 13, and we've been on the phone <laughs> for like 50 minutes here. Um, so we will try and pick up the pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we do want to talk about every team. So Brentford, A, all around. Mike yeah, Gavin, A, yeah. two. Palace, where are, we uh, stand, where are we standing with Palace? I'm oh, okay from the Of course, Dave is off the bench for Palace. He loves Palace. Go I was on, going to I was going to say I'm torn between A and B, but I think B is probably more realistic. I think the fact Vieira came in changed their whole style. There was a massive squad overhaul. Like they had a lot of players that had been there for a while leave on freeze. They've recruited very well, I would say. And also mm. in recruiting very well, a lot of the players they've got are quite young, so it's it's not stop gaps that you sometimes see. It's genuine players of the future like Guayhi, Anderson's not particularly old. Elise is is quality. Um, you know, the real core of their team on the whole is, is quite young. Um, and I think that they're promising. I think they play decent football. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go as high as an A because maybe they, they definitely had some patches where they weren't great. But on the whole, I mean, I think we were thinking Palace could go down a lot of Everyone knew Vieira was nowhere near their first choice to that manager job. Um, and, yeah, they've, they've played well. Solid 12th place, so I'm going to give them a B. I don't think it's quite the top, top that they could have achieved, but I think they definitely had a good season. Yeah. Mike Adam, Mike Adam getting relegated, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, um, I think I think the, it's, it's very easy to be reductive with Palace and say... Well, their league position hasn't improved massively over last year. Hasn't. But I think the style, kind of like the whole style of play and the way that Palace now feels like an exciting, rejuvenated club, kind of has to factor into this one. I think it would be an A if they'd had a, if they secured a top half finish. I don't think you can argue with that, but I'm happy with a B here. I just wanted to point out that I'm fascinated to see where they go next year when obviously they haven't got Gallagher. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I gave him a B. Uh, I've been impressed with Palace. They played a brilliant game against Arsenal around the middle of the season. Um, yeah, just way more pace about their game. Way more exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, and with their circus well, of average strikers still managed to <laughs> look reasonable going forward. I think um, I think about fifteen teams in the Premier League it could do with a good striker. So I don't think they actually have one. No, they don't. They don't. But somehow every year they sort of cobble it I, together. Jordan, are you lads? Oh, 
But I won't I think, get into it. But I think we do have to talk about how Wilf Sahab was was really good this season. I know it probably helped that he had a few more quality players around him, but he was excellent this season. And yeah. um, I think the time has probably passed for a big move. But um, it's a bit of a shame for him because he was he sort of probably deserves to be showcasing his skills at a bigger club, but I don't know who'd have him, is the honest answer. He feels nailed on for Everton circa 2017 to buy him, but there you are. I mean, they were, the, they were the club that was closest to getting him before, weren't they, I think? They were indeed, they were indeed. Um, so a B for Palace, and we had the 13th pre-season, is pretty much what we expected. Yep. Um, although, David, me and you fighting against Mike there. Being you with them much higher. Um, so up next is Newcastle. Newcastle. Um, oh, bit of a weird one because mm. do you take into account the early part of the season where Steve Bruce was so tactically inept that they looked like they were going to get relegated? Yeah. Where they were possibly one of the worst teams in the league, or do you think more about the second half of the season where Eddie Howe had them flying and they were one of the best teams in the league? Obviously with a bit of extra money put in there. Um, what we get, what, are you, what have you two given them? Because Mike's given them an A. I'm I've given them an A as well. Okay. We'll a. All right, so it's an A. Um, someone tell me why. Well, I mean, Newcastle under Steve Bruce, you're thinking of that they might stay up, but they're awful to watch. The players don't seem to have any real desire. They're just scraping by. Yes, they've had money, but at the end of the day, Eddie Howe's managed to turn them around. And they they finished 11th. I think something since the end of the January window, they're like top five or top six in the league for points since then. I mean, I think the reason I give them an A as well is for the first time in such a long time, you can look forward to Newcastle next year and think, you know, they could genuinely be a solid top 10 team. And that isn't something that's crossed their mind with Newcastle for a long, long time. And they, I felt towards the end of the season, to be honest, they kept getting stronger and stronger. And if they have a whole season with Howe there, I mean, I think they could go a lot higher than 11th. So, and the fact of how awful they were at the start, I mean, yes, that was still them, but how they finished, I, I can't see how you can give them any less. Agreed. Than that. Yeah. Right. Agreed. I, I think that, I think, I, I know I mentioned the money, and it, it does. You, you do need to take into account that they spent £95 million in January, which isn't usual for a relegation team, and Gibor Grimaresh is amazing. But how's coaching ability has really shone through here. The fact that this is the same team we saw at the start of the season, with how sort of the way they were set up was such a prehistoric kind of way, to now when you see them doing all these things with pressing and counter-pressing is really, really, really impressive. Um, and I do think he deserves a ton of a ton of credit here. I mean, it's an A for him yeah. alone, but the way he sort of revitalised Joel Linton, um, yeah. all jokes aside, is, is incredible. So um, uh, they're justified in an A as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Cool. I, I will completely forego the first part of the season for them. Yeah. Um, speaking of a season of two halves, we've got Wolves, 10th. Yeah. Um, don't really know how to deal with this, because the second half of the season, relegation yeah. for them. Um, what have you two given? C. Uh, yeah, I can miss C also. The reason 
I'm not going any lower, despite them coming tenth. I mean, in what I will say, they are tenth, but they're only five five places off. Sorry, five points off Conference League. They're actually only one point behind eighth, even. But I think the reason that I won't go horribly on Wolves, despite that second half of the season, let's remember they lost Nuno, who for what four or five seasons was everyone thought, you know, this is Nuno's team. What on earth will happen after Nuno? I mean, yes, they fell off horribly in the second half of the season. But to finish 10th is is pretty good going. And let's remember with Wolves, however good they seem now, historically they've been relegation battlers, championship team. I mean, they're still 10th tenth, tenth in the, the Prem, sorry. And you could say they definitely didn't even play fully to their potential, especially the second half of the season. So, yeah, I'm... I'm going to give them a C, and the main reason is C is they're not, I felt like because of how well they played in the first half, you know they haven't finished the season to their potential, and maybe there's question marks over what happens next season because of how bad they've been at the end of the season. Dave, Dave, this is a rare occasion on which I agree with you absolutely, completely. I just think, I think two, I think there's two key things here. One, Given all the turmoil and stuff, they've actually had a pretty decent season, um, all things told. But I'm really worried about Wolves. The underlying numbers yeah. are not good. The fact that the fact that Jose Sars had to perform his had to perform miracles in that goal to keep them from being in real trouble is is incredible. And you look at you look at their form at the end of the season, and it's really bad. It's really yeah. bad. So I've no idea what to expect from Wolves next season. I think they'll probably they'll probably move smart in the summer. I think they'll do smart things, and I think they'll probably refresh and retool. But if they lose Neves, for example, and Matinho's gone, that's I, I just I feel that they could be in for one of those seasons next year where you're looking around in April and you're like, shit, Wolves are fifteenth. You know what I mean? And I, I mean. Only Burnley, Watford and Norwich scored less than Wolves. Yeah, and so you just... They came out on the wrong side of a few too many close games. And it's just... Look, we've seen it in this league. You can't can't live like that because eventually you get caught out. Um, I'm worried about them for next season. But me and Dave have gone for a C, Ross. What have you given them? Uh... I've given them, yes, a C. Excellent. Now, do you want to know what Mike gave them? A B. Mike gave them a B with the following line. Almost an A. Tailed off later in the season. Great first season for Larga and Co. Impressed for the most part, even though they're boring to watch. You haven't watched them, Mike. I've, yeah, I mean, Impressed. I've been on board with a B if they hadn't looked definitely like... What they've reminded me of is, does anyone remember when West Brom finished like 10th or 11th? Yes. Steve Clark. Uh, the, oh, where yes, they, yes. Where they were right up there and then the second half of the season they got about nine points. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same season. It's agreed. Agreed. Although that West Brom team were actually really good in the first half of the season yeah. where Wolves have just... Their keeper's been so, so good that they've sort of got away with a few things. Um, I mean, yeah. The defence has also played a part somewhat... I mean, surely. They've only conceded it, no, 43. It, it has. It has. But when you look at the numbers, they, could, they should have conceded like 10 more of us. I think no, I get the it. problem with Wolves as well is they, they've really not scored many goals. 
And That's I mean, when he scored thirty, him, Jimenez. I know with Jimenez, he was he's a great striker, and he, but unfortunately, after that injury, it's not looking like he's really going to become the striker that he was before, which is understandable. It was a lengthy layoff, very very serious injury. Frankie Chan, weirdly enough, when he was on loan, looked good. As soon as they turned sorry, did you just say Frankie Chan? I said Wang He. Okay. <laughs> I was like, as soon as he. As soon as he signed permanent, he's been absolutely rubbish. And uh, I mean, Fabio uh, Silva. Yeah, him. I'm not sure if he's <laughs> a couple of years away. Let's talk about Fabio Silva. Fabio we need Silva. to redo the top ten worst Premier League transfers of all time because I think he might be sneaking into the honourable mentions list. What I will say with Fabio Silva is that he does seem to be improving, but he's <clears> not scoring. If you watch him, his overall play is much better. But the thing is, they paid what forty million. It's, it's, he's a season or two away from either coming fairly good and you're like, oh, it's worth he's it. He's a season away from being a season away. I think it's what they're Yeah, or he could become... <laughs> he's, a season, he's a season away from... I don't know. Play he's for, not good sign. for Benfica B, mate. That's what he is. <laughs> he's fucking shit. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't get the Fabio Silva thing. People are like, oh, he's going to come good. You can see the all-around play. I'm like... People just going to say he's going to come good because he's can young. They? They're just like... Have they spent 40 million? 40 million this is like, like this, is, this is like my favourite thing people do where they're like, they're like, oh, Fabio Silva, he's up and coming, he's up and coming, he's up and coming. And they're always like, you wait and see, you wait and see, he comes good. And unlike the rare occasion that this player does actually come good, they're like, see, I've been telling you. And I'm like, no, you were still wrong then. Like, you were still wrong just because it's worked out this one time. Anyway, um, <laughs> Wolves, uh, it, I'm going to be watching their summer really closely. I just think they're they're in a they're in a slightly dodgy position, and I'll be interested to see what they can do. Um, oh, here we go, boys. Are you ready? Yes. Nine. Brighton. Mike said a best finish ever. We love them and Potter, but a striker <laughs> in it. But by a striker, and it could get even better. He's getting carried away over there. I mean, it's, it's an A from me. Yeah, it really hurts me. It's an A from me. <laughs> it hurts me, but I am giving both Potter and Howe A's because <laughs> Brighton, Brighton isn't this a record Premier League points tally by quite a decent margin, like five or six points. Again, yeah. with Brighton, they haven't scored as many as they should, so you could even argue that, again, if they found their shooting boots, they'd be even higher up the league. They've been solid. I think what Potter's built there really is pretty pretty brilliant. I mean, Cucurella, I think, as well. Oh, uh, he's been brilliant. He's really, really good signing. And it's just a way Brighton work. Like, I, I think Pascal Gross could still be one of the best free transfers for a lower, yeah, lower table team ever yeah, really in the Prem. Like, they, they just usually get... I mean, they've had players like Lacadia Le, and... A few yeah. really not work out, but on the whole, their recruitment's well pretty this, solid. Danny when Weber I, got a what a signing! I mean, yeah, that was a good signing. When I look at Brighton, I think to myself, that's ex- that, is, that is a perfect example of making bold choices and having it pay off. Like, say what you want, it was a bold choice to sack you, and then you were like, the only way we're ever going to improve over a relegation dogfight every year is to try and build a more sustainable style of play. They hired Potter, who's an excellent manager, and they yeah. backed into the hilt. They've played smart football. They don't panic when things start go their way, and they just they get better and better and better and better. And they just they just 
I mean, occasionally they probably pass the ball a little too much before actually getting to the cut with the rest of it, but they are a great team. And there's, I, I've seen them in a number of games against the big teams this year, comprehensively play them off the park. Um, Ross, how long before someone comes along and has a look at this potter and goes, he's a wizard, and gets him to a different job? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you would think as soon as a big job comes up next season that he'll be one of the front runners. Um, yeah, I'm just a big fan of his, I really am. I don't know where that job would be, potentially. I mean, if Conte leaves Spurs, surely they will. Oh, he's so weird, If if Spurs are smart, they'd look at him because he's he's probably even better than Pochettino was when he first went there. Yeah, yeah. So they they should they should look but at that. I really, really don't want that to happen. No, 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 I no. Can't no. Have um, at Spurs. I mean, the only thing is he's not dealt with massive uh, right. prima donna kind of characters as he yeah. would do at any of these big clubs. But he he is a really interesting prospect. Um, really interesting prospect. And Brighton, to their credit, as a club are are well run, and it it sort of shows the clubs like Everton that. This is how you improve yourself. You're standing if you want to. If you want to be better, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right then. Um, eighth, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester. Um, oh. Mike's given them a D. Shocked to see them finish eighth. Pretty poor season from them. Terrible defensively. Rodgers looked a bit lost at times. Lots of injuries though. Yeah, it it does it does bear with saying that obviously that. The last couple of seasons, they've been much better, but that was a product of some of the the top six being not as strong as they once were, and them sort of recruiting well. So, is this just a sort of a bit of reversion to the norm? Is you expecting uh, to see Leicester sort of in the sixth, seventh, eighth range from here on out? Is that a I fair mean, place for them? What I I'm personally I want to give them an E here. I mean. If they hadn't had that run at the end where they played like Norwich, Watford, admittedly they got a point against Chelsea and Southampton, going into the last four games they're on 42 points, which, you know, if they'd finished on that, they'd, they'd have been 14th. Like, they they really weren't convincing. Everything we've sort of accredited Leicester for being they sort of weren't this season, I mean... They they have there's no doubting they have some quality but it just never really seemed to come together this season and given that they bottled the Champions League the last few seasons but still obviously been in the Europa League I mean to finish not even seventh it, surely there's no Leicester fan out there who doesn't feel like this has been a thoroughly disappointing season. Uh, yeah, I gave him a D. Ross? I gave him a D. A D. Um, I mean, they, they're 14 points worse off than they were last year. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it feels like they've done well in the end to finish eighth, given where they were um, at one point. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jamie Vardy's quietly had a really good season, despite the fact he's been out. He scored 15 in 20 starts. Um, but, wow, yeah, they've, they've yeah, just been... I, think I just I don't feel the same way about them as I did last year. They've, like they've just they could have been a Champions League team, and you'd have felt 
they've just been a disappointing. So they they but yeah, really disappointing. They've just been disappointing. Like everyone this season has played worse. Like even Jamie. Well, I mean Jamie Vardy. Oh, stats aside, his inability to get on the pitch has really hurt them. And they've. I mean they've had injuries at various points to Indeedy, Fafana, Evans, Justin, all these really important players. Which does that I think is the context that's really important for this. I mean, they were going into the season having to play some centre-half pairings of Daniel Amati and Yannick Vestergaard. There is only so much you, there's only so much you can do there. So I do think that has to factor in, which is why I'm more comfortable giving them a D. But one of the reasons I'll give them a D rather than a C, bearing in mind all the injuries, is that I think the Yannick Vestergaard move is a really bad move in the summer. They didn't buy well. But also Rogers, I'm not I'm convinced less and less by Rogers. There's something about and we mentioned this last year about the way that Leicester have folded when it comes to the business end of the season. And that their forms picked up at the business end of the season this year where pressure's off. Which is interesting. Um but some of his tactical decisions, some of the formations he's played, some of the things he's done They've just been bizarre this season, and I don't. I think as much as in the past he's been a major asset, and he's been almost a hindrance. And um, yeah, I don't. Honestly, Leicester are one of those teams that's really hard to predict where they're going to be, what they're going to be doing next year. But I would be surprised to see them above sixth. I would be equally surprised to see them. Below like ninth, so they won't. They won't have a bit of European football this year, though. Ah, uh, that is true. They'll probably be better next year, then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, be interesting. Eventually, though, I mean, we probably you probably said this like the last three years. Eventually, Jamie Vardy is not going to be scoring at this rate for. Or he's going to be scoring at this rate, playing fifteen games a season, which is not good enough for you. I mean, he's played in twenty-five games a season. Yeah, but it, it's going to happen. It's yeah, it's, I'm more worried about him. Particularly not when he's what score because they rely on him so much. Particularly when his wife's in jail for libel, Ross. Wag the Christie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah rightfully to respond to that. It's a you for me. Um, it's a D. Yeah, a D. Uh, yeah. West Ham are an interesting one. They finished seventh. Um, is that are they in the Conference League then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by losing oh. to Brighton because United lost. If they'd beaten Brighton, they'd have been in sixth. Oh, how do we talk like, about West Ham's season? Because obviously, I, Europa, Europa League semi-final there as well. So, I'm 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 gonna go for mine. I'm gonna give them an A. Okay. Even though they missed out on the Europa League, to there's no doubting, like, on the whole, West Ham have a pretty small squad. They've had some nonsense off the pitch, like Zuma, who obviously is too bad for them, that have had to come through, right? They've had nonsense like that. They've had quite a few injuries at, at times. Um, yeah. They, they went, obviously, far in the Europa League. How many times do we see a team get into Europe and they, you know, finish 12th, 13th? Agreed. They push into six right on the last day. I mean, West Ham fans must be buzzing. I mean, yeah, it's the Conference League, but European away days are European away days. They they have a chance of going far in that. I mean, it, things are looking good for West Ham on the whole. Um, 
I mean, yes, they need to stand the striker pretty badly and maybe a left-back. But I still think this has been a very good season for them, especially when you contextualise how many extra games they've had this season compared to last. And they've only finished one point, one place behind. And, you know, if result, if they'd had a couple, literally one more win, they would have, they would have been top six. So I'm, I'm going to give them an A. I think I mean, pretty brilliant. I think the key thing is, I mean, a lot of people probably didn't expect them to consolidate their consolidate their position from last year, and they've managed to do it while playing twice a week. I mean, that, I just think that's. I mean, I've only given them a B, not an A, but I think finishing seventh, going all the way in Europe, pretty much, is is a massive achievement, really, for uh, Moise. Um Mike's given them an A. Um, oh, I'm, I can back that. I'm happy with an A or a B. I, I yeah. do think, I mean, it is such a shame for them that they missed out on the Europa League again. But yeah, I mean, they, they're a better team than United. I, yeah. I can't believe they finished below. They've had a really good. They've had a really good season. They've proven that it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Um, they're, they're excellent. That's as much as I've got to say about them. Uh, De- well, it's not Declan Rice. I mean. Declan Rice wasn't on the the ballot for Player of the Year for one of the awards, and that's one of the most egregious footballing things I've seen for some time. Declan Rice was amazing this season. He took another leap. He he is he's a a special player. He's a special special player, and quite frankly, Jared Bowen is also a very 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 good player. And um, West Ham will do well to keep hold of both of them because I think the the reason. Although the Conference League is a massive opportunity for West Ham, in, particularly in terms of bringing an actual feasible trophy to bring home, um, which of course, let's not forget, I know that there's occasionally a bit of snobbery when it comes to Europa League, Conference League and all that. It is a trophy and it is a, and there's not a lot of them to throw around, particularly in elite football anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's a massive opportunity, but I think it's a tougher sell if one of the big clubs comes knocking for Declan Rice, it's a tougher sell to sell him on the Conference League as it is to sell him on the Europa League. Even so, we'll see how that goes. Their their summers are mass. Their summers massively interesting because what do they do next year? How do they replace the character of Mark Noble? I mean, Nobes, really hard to replace. Just the fact of he was a fixture around there, even if he perhaps had tailed off the last couple of seasons compared yeah. to what he was. Yeah, good season, great season, and. Look at David Moyes go. Yeah, fair play to him. Hell of a redemption saga. Um, six, Man United, you. Um, you. Yeah, you. solid you. Mike said, should have been top four, no problem. Dreadful season all around. Not much more to say. Shocked there as high as sixth. Possibly the most incompetent club I think I've ever seen get European football. Yeah, honestly. Oh, Shocking. God. You think back to their summer where they signed Sancho, Varane and Ronaldo and irrespective of what you think of the Ronaldo signing, no, just think of those first two signings. And for it to go as bad as it has... Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awful. I mean, they were second last year. They, they were. were also... They're sixth, but they're 11 points behind fifth place. It's, it's crazy. And they finished with 16 points less than they did last year. Yeah, crazy. Crazy bad season. Absolutely. 57 goals as well. They goals just, of zero. Look, they were just, they were just inept all over the place and the club was toxic and 
Eric Ten Hag's got a massive job on their hands. But, I'm, lads, I'm going to move us on because we've yeah. talked about United so much. And, uh, quite frankly, I'm sick of them. Ah, actually, I do have a question for you. Who's had a worse season, Everton or United? I mean, it's clearly Everton, but who do you feel has underperformed more? I think it's I Man U. I mean, Man United have underperformed horribly. It's, it's definitely going into this season, today. you'd have felt reasonably com- confident saying they were a top. They should have been in the Champions League this year. We um, predicted. We, predi- we predicted them fourth. Yeah. yeah. You think that fourth spot should have been theirs reasonably comfortably? Yeah. And the fact that that's even a question that I've had to ask shows you quite about their season is. Um, up next, the Arsenal. Arsenal. The Arsenal. The Arsenal. Mikel the Arsenal. Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Um, <sighs> go on, Ross. What have you given them? Uh, I've given Arsenal a B. Ooh, Mike agrees with you, and I agree with you too. I agree um, with you also. Oh, it's unanimous. Um, go on, Ross. Take it away. Why a B and not an A? Or not um, a C? I think after finishing eighth twice in a row, um, I mean, they spent a lot of money in the summer. They did? uh, Which which adds pressure as well. I mean, uh, a lot of those signings have worked out. Um, I've said this last week, but all but, you know, Tavares, I think you can say, were pretty, pretty massive successes, really, in the transfer window. And I think if you'd said to me... Nuno Tavares. Nuno Tavares only a moderate success. No, he's terrible. He should yeah, be in the league one. Um, see, if you said to me before the season that we'd have finished fifth and we'd have been in the Champions League race, I mean, pretty, well, we were in it in the last week. I know Tottenham were never going to lose to Norwich, but I'd have taken that easily at the start of the season. Um, I think I'm not sure we were... I know we had it in our hands. It would have been great to be in the Champions League, but I'm not sure we were ready for it, if I'm being honest. I don't think... I'm not too uh, upset. No, you were going to get... You were going to get pumped in the Champions League. Yeah, 100%. And for a young team that's on the rise, I think Europa League is is a good good place for us next year. As you said with West Ham, it's a a real chance for Arsenal, I think. Yeah, agreed. A big trophy. Uh, well, a trophy. Um, well, no, the Europa League's a big trophy. No, it is a big trophy. And Arsenal haven't had, haven't really tasted European success. So, um, I think yeah. fifth is a really good season for Arteta. Um, Agreed. Vindication of his kind of like, his, his idea in a way. Yeah. Um, I think the difference, I think for me, David, I'm interested to see if you agree with this. The reason it's a B and not an A Mm-hmm. is the fact that if they got the Champions League, it would have been an A. And I, yeah. I feel a little disappointed in them in the fact that they had it in their, all in their hands and and they didn't follow through. Um, that might not be fair, but that is how I feel. I think that's the difference between a B and an A. Where you used to yeah. a B instead of an A for you, Dave? Yeah, I think, I think really they put themselves in what seems like such a strong position, like they're in the driving seat to secure top four. Um, and it hasn't happened. But I mean, like Ross says, there's definitely been a lot of progress this season. I mean, some of the signings, I think to be fair, I laughed at Ben White and Ramsdale. I think they've both been pretty, pretty good, if, if not good. fantastic, to be honest. <laughs> Quite happy um, to be on the right side of the Ben White one. I remember everyone was yeah, really, ang- I, really I, angry I admit, about that. I was, I was 
definitely yeah. wrong, very um, wrong about it. And I, I, again, that's not, I'm not saying he's one of these elite centre halves, but Arsenal, quite frankly, at the start of the season, weren't shopping in the elite centre half bracket. So to get a very good player who's going to drastically improve you for 40 million is, is good in today's market. And it, there you are. Sorry, Dave. No, it's yeah. I mean, I think I think they've done well. I mean, I, I like that. You know, I can talk a lot about Arsenal. Like Martinelli's come back, looks the player that everyone thought he was before he had a couple of injuries. Smith Rowe and Saka, especially Saka, keep getting oh. better and better. Odegaard's been, to be honest, I'm happy to say I think Odegaard for like 20 million, one of the steals of the whole season across the league. I mean, in today's market. Yep. That is a crazy cheap signing for a very, very good player. And he's looking like he's going to yeah. be the the captain next year. Yeah, time. he's a he's he, a great. He's got that's real. He's got he's the captain of Norway. To be fair, mm. he's got real, real quality. Odegaard. Yeah. That we haven't yeah. had since Özil in that position since Özil was good. Real prime. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really fascinated to see how happens to Arsenal next year because the everyone knows the Thursday Sunday grind is really tough, and they have been better yeah. this season by only playing once a week. Yeah. And I do think that helps, particularly when you've got a small young squad that helps keep legs fresh. Um, they need a left back. Oh, good lord! And a striker. Yeah, like, I mean, to be honest, yeah. they need. I know they spent a lot of money already. We need to spend a lot of money again. I mean. Yeah. They need, they need additions. They need quality additions across the board. It's a massive window for them. Yeah, yeah huge, absolutely. Get, huge. get it right, get it right, and you could be a re- you could set yourselves up for a really nice season. Get it wrong, yeah. and you could be straight back to square one. Yeah, yeah Okay, um, Spurs um, finishing fourth. Done really. Mike says B. Done really well to come back from the Nuno period. Still very reliant on two players, but Kulusevski helps. Kulusevski, one of the transfers of the. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, we've the whole time, the whole last couple of years of Spurs since kind of like Deli Alley and Ericsson tailed off has been about can we find a third person to compliment Kane and Son? Kulisewski is that guy. Yep. Um, he's really good, and Conte's got them playing some good stuff. And considering where they were with Nuno, and considering where they were after the Burnley loss, um, that's really impressive, and it's a hell of a turnaround. Um, so what have you two given them? Yeah, I've given a B. What I'd like to say about signing, sorry, quickly, is Benton Court has been the midfielder they've been looking for Agreed. for so Thank long. You. He has been brilliant in that midfield. But um, I've given them a B, like you say. I mean, you sort of think with Tottenham that they in this day and age, as much as Ross hates it, they probably are a top four team or have capability to at least challenge for top four. Um, and they've done that. So I think, yeah, it's a big, but it's not a spectacular, spectacular season. Maybe if they'd been a bit closer to the top, but I mean, 22 points behind. I mean, so I'm, I'm sticking with a B for them. And Son and Kane, yeah. I mean, they've both been brilliant, but where the heck would they be without players like that? So, yeah, a B. But they've definitely, given how the season started, they've definitely ended very, very well. Look, I don't like this, lads. Uh, I've given Tottenham an A. Well, you're overruled. Because, I'm, I'm the, because there's the in and around agreement of Tottenham. No, I get it. Look, no, like, no, I hate Tottenham more than the rest of you. Look. Tottenham, Tottenham can never have an A on anything. No. 
Um, they also like, don't deserve an A. They also don't deserve an A. They have got, possibly, in Kane and Son, two of the best players in the league. And they drastically underperformed for most of it. Like, the, th- their business in the summer was not good. Like, Brian Hill, Emerson Royale. Their January business being really good does not overwhelm That's because the Newcastle's, Newcastle's turnaround is justifiable compared to it. Tottenham's, Tottenham had to rely on an Arsenal slip-up to get into the top four. They're not an A. I, I can't... I, I don't... I, they, they haven't overperformed. I mean, they finished seventh last year. Which was a drastic underperformance. They got a U. New manager, which also went, then went horribly. Yeah, but that's, that's on them, too. That, that, that has to factor into their grade, the fact that it was a new, they got the new manager appointment wrong the first time. Surely it has to factor in. I yeah. get it, but giving Newcastle an A purely on what they did, where they've got how to spend some money. I think, then, I think my reason for it being... You're ignoring everything with, that Bruce has done, essentially. Then how can I, you not... Well, that's because, that's because the, Eddie Howe, the job Eddie Howe has done is that is an incredible job. The job Conte's done is fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it's been an outstanding job. I think it's been a very good job. I don't think it's been outstanding. And I think that's, that's the difference between these two situations. You've got, you've got one person who's taken an underperforming club and made them good and then still had to rely on another team slipping up to make it into the top four versus a club where they were dead in the water. They had a squad that people weren't overly fond of, and all of a sudden they've been the what, like the third best team in the league for like the last six months. I think that's a bit different. Yeah, okay. I can't believe you've given Spurs an A. You're no, a look, disgrace. I don't like it. Look at you. I, I don't like it. Look, it is not too soon to get you kicked off this podcast. <laughs> We've got Dave back now. I'm, what I'll say as well is the reason it not being an A for me. You can think of like a season where at the start of the season you can see Tottenham possibly being in the top four. Like I know that you we don't like Tottenham, but you can Yeah, but it can happen. <laughs> no one was saying that. Yeah, but we were but, saying but, that they're going down. But what I'm saying is with Newcastle, everyone was thinking these guys can get relegated, and they've turned it around to a genuinely. Yeah, people solid, solid mid-table. I can see it, Ross, but I just don't like it. No, no, Dave, the first thing I said was I don't like it. But, I mean, they finished with 71 points. Like, I'm, I'm sticking with a B just because we can't, we can't give so, well, And I knew when I said A, Even if they win the league, never going to beat A. Even if they win the league. It's nothing, to do with, it's nothing to do with the anti-Tottenham bias. I do not think their performance this season is worthy of an A. That's fine. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, now we have to talk about Chelsea, and I really don't want to. Right, should we get this quick? Well, C. Okay, Mike's given them a B. Ross, a B also. I've, I would give them a B. Let me let me read you what Mike said, and let's see if we if we if any of us disagree, we'll talk about it. A nod to the off the field stuff must have been crazy difficult being a player there this year. Third is still a decent return. I would mention the fact that they had a lot of their players out to injuries, but other than that, um, I still think they've done okay. Yeah, do you know what? I'd, taking into account all the off-the-field stuff, I'm happy to go from a, a C to a B, just yeah. for that reason alone. I mean, 
the Lukaku signing was a complete disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those ones where when they did it, you were like, you were like, oh, they clearly needed to score more goals. I can see why if Lukaku's the best on option, they're trying to take advantage of the fact they've coming off a Champions League win, and then they haven't really thought that oh, Lukaku probably doesn't fit the style we want to play. It was, it was, it was daft. It was daft. Um, very daft. But that said, the fact that all of that's happened and they've still got. To where they are is fine. Okay, two Liverpool. I think this one's going to be unanimous, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. What have you given them? Surely it's an A, right? And you got yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Given that they were 14 points off, yeah, and they took it to the last day, and at some point looked like they could possibly nick it. I think it's an incredible. Yeah. Performance. I mean, losing the league with 92 points is, it's is crazy. That yeah. is a tough scene. It and is. For, it, for it to be like the third, for it to be like the second time it's happened too. Isn't it the first time now they've lost with over 90 points? That yeah, is, they lost to the Centurions as well, right? Yeah, but they didn't have over 90 points. The Centurions, Mourinho's, Mourinho's team was second. Believe. But, oh. But they did lose with 97 points, Will, in 2018-19 when Man City got 98. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> That's not OK. Yeah, fair enough. It's twice they've had 90-plus points. But, yeah, anyway, it's it's pretty hard for them to, to take. Right, that, that is the definition of a tough scene. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> They've really like really scored 94. Plus 68 goal difference. 92 points. They've only lost twice. They've completely lost. Like, the re- like, <laughs> like, that wins. Like, that, like, you can play. Like, I'm trying to think of the Premier League. Like, Chelsea got 93 and 95 points once. Um, City have obviously beat them twice in the Centurions, too. In all but five seasons, 92 points wins them the title. Pretty good for them on the other season, probably. Oh, oh, that is tough. Real tough. That is tough. Um, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, people were saying City had won the league, weren't they? Yeah, Re- yeah, really. really. Yeah, to they gave back to the point where you thought they may well do it on the last day. Well, they gave us a title race, and they didn't have they didn't have to give us a title race. I mean, by all logic, they shouldn't even a title race. It's a really impressive season from Klopp and his men again, and yeah. they've added Diaz in the, in the January window, and they look even better for it. So, still an interesting summer. The Salah situation looms large, I think. There, um, yeah, and that midfield is. Although Naby Keita's had a really good season and Thiago starts coming to his own, there's a bit of an element of creak to it, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, Origi yeah. will be gone, also. Yeah, yeah. Firmino is looking... He looks like the odd man out now for the yeah. does to me. Yeah. Um, but interesting to see what they can do, and I don't think we, anyone would bet against them being impressive again next year. And the one no. thing I will say is Virgil van Dijk, like you want to talk about oh. the impact of a man? Like they were dead. They were struggling last year without him, and this season he's back, and they're instantly he's catapulted into the final of almost everything. Twenty-three <laughs> more points for them this year. Last year. Yeah. Van Dijk's just an absolute monster. But like he's just outrageously good. He is. He is he's really good. Um, and then the only team beating the City, of course, um, 
gave Henry Hodgson, who was at the game, an absolute heart attack on the day by um, cocking about a bit before thinking, should we do a sequel to the Aguero moment in a way? But obviously it's like the sequels are never better. But um, City really good again this year, sort of. This is the end, probably, of the false nine era for City. Um, The summer business didn't really pan out, but it didn't really matter because they just just get shit done. They're just so efficient and clinical and great in just almost all aspects of the game that you sat here and you look at them and you're like... You know, they won the title and they were incredible in the Premier League, but they just it does feel like a bit of a disappointing season in some aspects. So what do you what have you given them, guys? A. A. Yeah, I've given them an A too. Scored ninety nine goals. I mean pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know do you know my problem with City this year? It's that that, that loss to Real Madrid yeah, has sort of soured me on them a bit. But you look at how Chelsea struggled to get over the loss to Real Madrid and how it sort of tail-ended their season. And you compare it to City in the way that they bounced back from that heartbreaking loss and they went on to succeed and win in, the, uh, in high-pressure games at the end of the season. It's even more impressive about their mental fortitude, isn't it? Mm. They're a good side. What more can you say? And I wouldn't put Very money against. And the the only thing is they're integrating Haaland next year, who I think will be really good. But there's probably going to be some teething pains there. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's going to bag him in there. Uh, he is. He is. Um. Okay. Well, there we are. We've rattled through them all. Dave, you said you had an interesting start of the week for me. Yes. So against the top four. Burnley won one game and Liverpool did not win a single game against the rest of the top four. That is interesting. That, wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty shocking crazy. stat. Crazy. You crazy, crazy girl. Also, another stat, which Carlison won't stop with. <laughs> oh, they're so, so bad. I, I'm a bit. I, I don't think he could do anything that would make me dislike him more than I already did, but he's actually doing it. <laughs> I'm a big um, anti Richarlison guy. Big anti Richarlison. Oh, just chats. Uh, even I'm off the train. He chats so much waffle on Twitter.com. Twitter.com. Um, I take it he's. I take it he's your. He's our Wazak of the week and terrorist tweeter of the week. I think yeah. as well. I think we'll get it's a double award for Richardson. The first time he's ever won anything. Um, okay, Super by the way, fully escaped Wazak of the Year nominations. <laughs> I completely forgot about it until Dave mentioned it. Just yeah, like yeah. Jesus, I just thought yeah. yeah, he is the RSPCA. He's man of the year though. So. Oh God. <laughs> Um, speaking of number one, make sure you get your end ups t- tickets now, and um, <laughs> let Mikey. And please send Ro- send Mike a picture on Twitter at Mikey Breslin. Um, Ross, if the people want to follow you in your quest to go to Cafe Rouge for the first time, remember <laughs> tweet at Cafe Rouge hashtag Ross for Rouge and make sure you tag Ross in. Ross, how can the people tag for you in? Uh, at Ross underscore Bird fourteen on Twitter. Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out more about your travel blog and your battles with snakes, where can they do that? 
Uh, it's uh, how Richarlison won't stop tweeting. <laughs> it's actually at Dave the Snake Charmer. Um, <laughs> but don't Google that because you might get something else. Um, and you can follow me at Will Hunt Seventeen. Please don't please instead follow us at in the round on all the socials, including eBay, where you can get a signed copy of End Dub's first album. It's not signed by End Dub's, it's signed by mine. <laughs> um, if you've got any questions, you can email us at inaroundpod at gmail.com. We will see you back here next week where we will be discussing the Champions League final, and we will actually give our take on the Mbappe situation, which is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, I'll leave it for next week, I guess. Oh, right. we get, I'm gonna, we're going to have to title it something like, who's the more entitled football club, Liverpool FC or Real Madrid? Because oh, the Real Madrid fans are tweeting, they're tweeting like sick, they're like fucking school kids who've just been left by their girlfriend. I keep expecting like Florentino Perez to put like My Chemical Romance on his Instagram story. <laughs> like... I don't oh, know. I just want him back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, really funny. Um, but thanks for staying with us throughout this really long one, and we'll catch you again next week.